Hey, girlfriends, welcome back. In this episode, we are talking about those practical things that we can be doing while we're stuck in the house trying to flatten the curve. So if you're with me and you are stuck in the house for what looks like it's gonna be at least a couple weeks, let's talk about what we can do so that our businesses are still working and moving for us. You ready? Let's get it. Hey, hey, girlfriends. So welcome back. And guess what? It's my birthday. Well, it will be by the time this episode publishes. It's going to publish on my birthday. I'm turning 32 and I've just been, you know, I'm so grateful and so blessed to see 32 years of life. And I'm just glad that even though it's going to be celebrated in the house, you know, I have my family, I have my adorable son who is, he's reminded me every day this week that my birthday is coming up. So I think he's, he's getting it too, that being together, this uh, quarantine, you know, didn't start out for good reasons, but it has turned out to have good results. And spending time with him has been my absolute favorite part of being in the house so very much. But here we are, flattening the curve, finding different ways to celebrate monumental things, not letting us staying at home safe deter us from moving forward in the things that we want to accomplish. Because when 2020 came in at the beginning of the year, we had goals, right? We had ideas of how this year was going to go and we're not going to let something stop us from achieving those goals. All those people who are already trying to cancel 2020, look here, we have what, seven, eight more months in this year? Oh, nah, we're not canceling 2020. We're just getting started. So that leads me to this week's topic, which is stuck in the house Here's what to do. Now, I feel you. In the last episode, I talked about how it's overwhelming to be doing nothing. And I'm not to say that we're doing nothing in the house, but not to have any separation from leaving out of the house and coming back in. We're literally doing everything in our homes. Most of us. Shout out to those essential workers who are still going out of the house every single day who are working to save our lives, to keep us protected, to keep us safe. Thank you to those essential workers. Those teachers also who are working their hind parts off to make sure that I can give my son something quality for his distance learning, all of that. So those people who don't have the same exact situation of being um, stuck in the house or safe in the house as we've been saying lately, Uh, I applaud you because you are doing all of us the biggest service ever. But for those of us who are in the house 24-7, only going out for very specific essential needs, I go to the grocery store once a week and um, I haven't been able to visit my family. That's been tough. So here's what I've been doing. And here are some of the things that I suggest that we should be doing Because at the end of the day, our creative projects are still important to us. 
And we shouldn't put them on the back burner. We shouldn't just give up on them because of the situation we're in. In fact, this is the best time to get some of those things out of the way that you may have been avoiding. So here's what I'm going to be doing in the house, working toward every little bit I can. The first one is creating a vision board for what my creative project looks like. So if you have a creative project that is a product, whether it's a service-based business or whether it's a blog, a podcast, a YouTube channel, whatever it is, take a little time to sit down and think about what it really looks like. What are your major goals for this project? And here's the really great one. In three to five years time, what do you want to see in this project? So write it down, draw it out, copy and paste these ideas and really try to capture the image and feeling that you get when you think about where your project will be. So I use my Google Docs as a way to do this. And sometimes it means capturing words. Sometimes it means copy and pasting images, but it's always something that I'm putting on or in this document to keep this idea alive of what my project is, where I want to see it go, how I want to see it impact the people who need it, right? Because we're creating this because someone in the world needs to hear your voice. Someone in the world needs what you have been dreaming up. We need to make sure that we're crystal clear. And that's where the vision board comes in. It helps us remain crystal clear in our goals and objectives so that we can serve those people that this project is meant to serve. All right, so if you're a seasoned business owner, you've already been in the business for a while, or you're already knee deep in your creative project, your blog, your podcast, this may seem trivial to you. It may seem like uh, something you've already done years ago or months ago when you were creating your project. I would say to you is to go back to that vision board that you made three months ago, six months ago, two years ago. Take a look at it. Are you headed in the direction that you put in your vision board? Or do you need to make some adjustments to stay on track? Or has your vision evolved? Because that's perfectly possible too. Your vision could have evolved from what you originally had and you realized you found something greater in the journey. That's the joy of the journey, right? Is finding something greater within it. So go back to that vision board, take a look around, make the adjustments you need and take this time while we have maybe a bit of a pause in what we're doing to really make sure that we are aligned with where we see our project going. Along with that, the next task that I will be working on, and I'd suggest if you've got the time to work on it yourself, is to create that ideal customer avatar, whether it's a customer, reader, listener, depending on what your project is, create that ideal avatar of the person 
that you're talking to. I talked about earlier that this project is made to help someone. Someone is waiting for your voice. And this project is the way to reach that person. So now we're talking about who that person is. What do they look like? Where do they hang out? What do they like to do? But most importantly, what problem do they have? And what is your voice? What is your vision going to do to help him or her solve that problem? So it starts right there. What's this person's gender? What do they like? How much time do they have to listen, read, watch what it is you're doing? Do they hang out on Instagram or Facebook or have they just discovered TikTok like most of the rest of us who are now in the house and looking for entertainment? Is that where that person lives? Is that where that person finds the answers to their problems? What kinds of problems do you solve for that person? And how do you speak to them when you do? Are you their best friend in their ear? Or are you the more professional voice to give them sound advice? All of those questions and more you answer when you think about who your ideal customer is. And then once you've pegged that person, you talk to them religiously. The way I love talking to you all because y'all are my girlfriends, that person That person is your girlfriend and you're going to talk to them as such. You're going to show up for them and help them and solve their problems with your product, service, or entertainment venue. Whether it's your YouTube channel and you answer all their questions, your blog post that guide them in the right direction or making a decision whether it's your service or your product, all of these things are going to speak in the language that your ideal customer loves to hear. So write it down, write it out, put it as part of your vision board or as a separate document, but make sure you're always staying in alignment with who it is you're talking to, because it will make so much more sense for you later when People come up and they say, man, you and your product or you and your service, it was like you were in my head yesterday and you spoke directly to me and told me what it was I needed. I can't wait to hear the stories of your customer doing exactly that. Those are the best referrals. They're better than any Facebook ad Instagram sponsorship, they work miracles because when I hear that, I'm going to look that person up too, because I want them to solve my problem the same way that they solved theirs. So we either created or looked over our vision board. We've created our ideal customer avatar. What else are we going to be doing? For me, the next one, and this one is the difficult one. I've been avoiding it, Uh, but it's setting up my email list and my social media posts. This is a great time to do this 
Because for me, it takes a bit of concentration and just focus to sit down and knock it out. And if I do it now while I'm not distracted by the million other things that are going on in my business, I'll have a much better shot of getting it done. So I have Mailer Light for my email subscribers. I like it. I have less than a thousand subscribers, so it's free right now. And it works to help get me into it. Email is new to me as a method of marketing. And so it's one of the tasks that I have on my list that I've been avoiding, that I've been doing other things instead of really getting into it. So I'm going to sit down and the first thing I'm going to do is play around in MailerLite. Figure out how to do things, figure out how things work, make sure I uh, have my subscribers set up correctly, those types of things. And by design, I don't send out emails very often. And I usually try to say that in whatever funnel, funnel that I've created to get people onto my email list. I say, hey, I'll be honest, I get a lot of emails every day and I don't want to flood your inbox with even more. So I'm not going to email you all the time, twice a month, maybe when there's something important to talk about. Otherwise, here are the other ways you can find me where I post regularly, i.e. Instagram. I'm pretty much on Instagram every day. In other places, I I try to, to show up twice or three times a week, Facebook, Twitter, uh, but I'm mostly on Instagram and that's where most people find me. And so I'm, I'm honest. I say, hey, I'm only going to email you maybe twice a month. If you want more love than that, come find me on Instagram. Let's connect. So by design, my emails are not very often. But what I do want to happen is to start to cultivate my new subscribers. So that means I'm going to be working on an email sequence. So I'm going to set up my email sequence for new subscribers so that they get a feel for my style of voice. They understand the expectations of emails from me. And then if they find that, man, I love talking to her and listening to her and everything like that, I'm going to go find her on Instagram so we can talk some more. Then that's even better. So that's my goal for a while what I'm doing while I'm in the house. Hopefully that will manifest into more engaged email subscribers. Or if not, it will just reinforce that I'm in the right place by speaking to my ideal customers on Instagram. And in that same vein, I think this is a great time to talk about setting up and scheduling social media posts. All right, so I've been on both sides of the debate about whether to schedule social media posts. So like I said, I like Instagram. So do I already set up and schedule my IG posts beforehand? Some, yes. Yes, I do. And it's not always a bad thing. For example, this podcast episode. I'm certain I'm going to go and make the graphic for this episode as soon as I finish talking to you right now. And I'm going to upload it into Planoly because that's what I use to look at my grid on Instagram. And I am going to schedule out when this post will publish, probably on my birthday. 
But that doesn't mean I don't leave room for spontaneity, for genuine interaction. Because I will have a scheduled post. It may go up. But later in the day, I still have room to talk about a time where I had an impromptu conversation that ended in some great insights into small business. I'll post that real time. So there's nothing to say that just because you post a few things uh, that are scheduled in advance doesn't mean you've lost the genuine feel of your social media. At the end of the day, you want to make sure that you've gotten the things out that need to get out and that you've also interacted in real time with the people who love when you show up. Find the balance. That's what I'm working on. And my final task for you and for me, because all of these things that I'm saying in here are things that I plan to work on for myself, with myself. And this one really is an internal one. It's to get your mind right. A lot of times the internal work that goes into being a business owner, a creative It gets lost in all of the external to-dos, all of those practical things that you feel you need to get done in the course of a day. We miss that internal work that really makes us ready for success. Some of the biggest roadblocks I've seen to people's success have been those internal struggles that they failed to dismantle prior to blowing up. So here's an example. Do you tend to have anxiety issues? Have you ever felt imposter syndrome? Are you sometimes reluctant to post on social media because you worry about how it may look? Those are all internal issues that we need to work out for ourselves. We need to take the time and do the work to unpack those internal insecurities, structures, roadblocks that might be stopping us from our full potential. And so if we spend some time, because we're in the house, we're in a place that's safe and comfortable to us, we have maybe a little bit of extra free time, that time that you would have used on your commute to or from your office job. If you schedule in I'd say 20, 30 minutes to what I'm doing. And and mine is right there at that time that I would have been driving to work. That time between 745 and 830, where I would have been stuck in traffic or listening to someone else's podcast while I try not to honk my horn. I'm taking that time to do work on myself, to journal to come through with some self-reflection that helps me open and unpack those struggles that I have. That imposter syndrome that I feel. Finding ways to cope with them, understand the triggers. And then once I understand what those triggers are, using coping mechanisms to make sure that it doesn't block. I can acknowledge These are my feelings. Here I am. This is where I am with this. And I 
Don't let it stop me from doing what I need to do. That's hard work. People think that the hard work is, I don't know, marketing your business or your plan or your, your creative project. But man, I tell you, it's, it's some of that internal work that we end up doing that whether my project or business fails or succeeds, I've won because I have been able to move past some of the issues that I didn't even know had me bottled up. I'll be the first to admit that my first business failed spectacularly. I mean, a splendid dive into failure. But I celebrate that failure every single day because what it did for me is way more than any kind of tangible success or monetary gain could do. What it did for me was show me the insecurities that I held, the biases that I held, the roadblocks that I were that were of my own making. I used those lessons in that failure and it made everything I did after that so much better. So I celebrate the failure of that very first business. It did so much more for me than any money ever could. All right, so now we have some tasks to work on while we're staying safe at home and trying to flatten the curve. We are going to work on our vision boards, set up our ideal customer avatars, work on our email lists and social media posts, and most importantly, get our minds right for success. Here's hoping that while all of this is going on, you and your families remain safe and healthy. I wish nothing but great things, blessings to rain down on you because at the end of the day, you're my goal friends. And I want to support your goals just as much as you support mine. In the next episode, I will be doing a guest interview with one of my goal friends and nine to five coworkers. Her name is Celise Little. She is a serial entrepreneur mother of two, wife, and she loves all things business. She's going to be sharing how she sets goals and builds her businesses with her family because they do things as a unit. So stay tuned for that new episode coming out in just a few weeks. Thank you for listening to Hey Goal Friends, the podcast sponsored by Black Mom Bloggers. I was your host, Steph Thorne, and I hope if this gave you any little bit of light and inspiration, that you'll follow and review this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this episode. Also, you can find us on Instagram at Hey Goal Friends, and as always, you can find the show notes at heygoalfriends.com. All right, girlfriends, until next time, I hope you achieve all the goals of your heart.